This is the Hobart Lacrosse Podcast, episode 54 for game three of the regular season at Colgate, Saturday at 12 noon. I'm joined by the head coach of the Statesman, Greg Raymond. Welcome back. Ted, what's up, brother? Before we talk about last week's game and look ahead, let's talk about uh, yesterday's, as we tape this, Athletics Day of Donors. I know uh, a lot of programs are getting very competitive. How did Lacrosse Nation represent yesterday? Uh, we're doing okay. I think we're, uh, you know, middle of the road right now. Um, there's a couple programs in front of us. Uh, you know, I know we're supposed to to take it as a competition, Ted. I, I, you know, we don't we don't really view it as such. I think all the dollars raised is um, you know an excellent uh, an excellent day for uh, Hobart and William Smith Athletics in general. So um, yeah, you know, obviously you're either you know, like we tell our guys, you're either competing or you're not. But, you know, we're just uh, we're grateful for what our alums do all year round. And, you know, I think that we're fortunate to be in a position where, you know, we've got a couple big donor days where, you know, we had our fall event. We have our number sponsorship. We have, you know, a couple of a couple of things throughout the course of the year. Um, so we love ADOD. Uh, we love it for our department in general. We think it shows the uh, the power and the uh, the love for Hobart and William Smith Athletics every single year. Our advancement office does a terrific job. Ted, you do a terrific job. Our our sports information department does a terrific job. It just shows what great collaborative effort can do. I asked you this yesterday, but for people who didn't see the video webcast, what are some of the major funding items you're looking for in the program right now? Um, you know, well, fortunately. And unfortunately, we have a giant roster with a with a COVID turnover, and um, some guys exploring this um, this grad school we have here and, and doing so in a very successful way. So um, uh, it may sound minuscule to some people, Ted, but it's not to us. We we love traveling our entire roster and um, the the injured guys, the uh, the guy, everybody that we have has a specific role. Um, Throughout an everyday practice or or game day, we have guys doing uh, a game day doing technology things doing um, uh, throughout practice. Even if it's uh, water, this and that, whatever, everybody's got a responsibility. Everybody's got a job. Whether you're in a cast, uh, you're in a boot, uh, you got a helmet on, uh, you make us go. So we love bringing the whole group, and um, it's a big group. It, it's very costly, so um, that's an important thing for us. And I do believe it's an important thing for recruiting being able to tell a recruit we we bring everybody to all of our games it's it's the biggest or, or the most powerful form of camaraderie we can have travel playing getting victories in an opponent's venue staying in a hotel dinners out to eat you know we say um uh, we have senior speeches on the road yada 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 we feel it's very important to bring people uh, all people with us two buses cost money food costs money all of that stuff so um that's a big one for us and also uh, the nutritional value and the health of our guys. You know, we've added GPS trackers to our everyday work. Uh, we're we're looking at the volume of our athletes, how much we're putting on their legs, how much we're putting on their bodies, um, who's running at top speed, who needs to run a little bit faster, who's uh, we can we can literally look at a screen and see who worked the hardest over a course of a day and who did it. And so, and again, that software is very expensive. So um, that's been helping us out a ton and all the, uh, the Norma tech equipment and hypervolt equipment that the Stein family provided us is helping out a ton. And also 
looming in the near future here is the trip abroad. We really want to we really want to get that back involved here. Uh, you know, from every uh, and every four year period, so every class has at least one trip abroad. We'd really love to do that, and we know those are very successful trips. And and, and again, add to all factors in the health of a program. So um, those things, Ted. Everything I just mentioned is uh, is not cheap, and um, so every cent we get, every dollar we get, it goes to the the betterment and the experience of our men. Last Saturday at Lehigh, everything's clicking. Ten to four, nine and a half minutes to go in the first half, and outscored from there, fifteen to three. What happened? What changed? Oh man, sounds uh, it's it's still it still stings when you say it, Ted. You know, I think honestly. Um, we we look at this uh, th- this early season experience as, of course, a um, a loss that um, will will only result in failure if we don't correct those um, those easily fixable mistakes that uh, that we make throughout the course of that long period. You know, I think even starting in the third quarter, we come out, they throw a gimmick at us, they they shut somebody on our man up. You know, Alex Rose is a great leader. He gets us in formation. He gets us into specific spots, and he steps into a gap and rings a pipe for a goal, and and we're still in pretty good shape. You know, I think understanding that, uh, you know, the the landscape of lacrosse is so different these days that um, big leads uh, have have seemed to um, fall by the wayside in some capacity. You know, it's 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 harder to hang on to those leads with a shot clock scenario and a couple different other factors, but also it is if you just do your job. So what we're talking about here is understanding that momentum in a game of momentum, uh, th- this was a momentum game before I even started it. It's just the way lacrosse works. It's a free-flowing game. And now with the addition of these clocks, with the addition of the, the increase in pace, um, that momentum can shift dramatically. I mean, look at... You know, look at uh, Virginia in a Harvard game. I mean, I think Virginia's winning, Ted, that game 20-5 to in the second quarter. They scored 20 goals in the first half of that game, and I think they won that game 25-21. to So, um, you know, that's another insane scenario, but and they're not always likely. But our guys need to learn that leads can go away quickly if you, you aren't focused on the things that got you that lead in the first place which is, uh, you know, like we talk about constantly, attention to detail, doing your job, making the right play, not the easy play. It's a disciplined thing. It really is. And there, there, is, no, there is no testament to a, um, a, uh, a present mind and a toughness than losing a big lead. It is. It is when we're at our worst as coaches. You know, you feel the angst. You feel the um, what's going on here. Um, and uh, you know, you you really got to teach a team how to stay in that moment, how to uh, execute the right plays, and uh, and and do the things from an inside out standpoint that will get you victory. So I hate the loss, Ted. Uh, the Hobart faithful hates the loss. Our guys hate the loss. It's it's uh, and it's we hate even more the way that it happened. But um, also, uh, you know, hate to sound like an after school special, but it's an awesome experience to see that you know when you drop your guard a little bit, um, you know that's that's when a panic can set in, and and you just can't allow it. We have to be mentally tougher than that, and execute better for over a sixty minute period. 
So how much of the coaching focus this week is on the second part and what went wrong, and how much of it is showing the team the first part and saying, look what you guys are capable of when you play? Uh, yeah, it's a little bit of both. You know, I think I think it's more the latter, but but in a healthy standpoint, you know, not point fingers or or um, or saying you did this wrong or you did that wrong. I think you know we watch film, uh, you know, based on a mistake to mistake standpoint, and also every week we watch the the plays that that work, and uh, so our guys have to see what works well. And they have to see what works poorly. You know, I, I think if we don't balance the both of them right now, Ted, we're bad coaches because we've shown the ability to play great lacrosse together. We've shown the ability to play very poor lacrosse together. So, um, you know, but our, our guys have to know that um, a mistake, Ted, in in a scenario where you're losing a lead is the same as a mistake when you have a big lead. They just, they seem like they're more, they seem like they're bigger. They seem like they're more monumental. They seem like a drop pass, you know, when we're when a team's going on a four goal run. That same drop pass happens in a different scenario. So, you know, if we run into a double team when we're down four and we run into a double team when we're up eight, we have to still correct that mistake. That is always wrong. We can't just do what we want in scenarios when we're winning or scenarios where we're losing. So we have tons of right to show. We have tons of wrong to show every week, every single week. That's the way the game of lacrosse goes. So we're doing both. We're hitting it right on the head, right down the middle, um, and, and letting our guys know that if and when we do choose to behave in a mature fashion, we're a pretty good, a pretty good group. Did you ever consider at any point just pulling all the number ones off the field and saying, okay, you're not getting it done, let's go with the twos, or is that just not your style? <laughs> no, it's not my style. <laughs> you know, no one's out there trying to make mistakes, man. You know, and um, I think you got to give empathy in a scenario where, uh, you know, even in, even in my emotional state, you know, I, I know how I feel right then. You know, I feel like I don't have control. I feel like yada, yada, yada. So I put that into them and say, listen, we just have to, ha we have to handle a timeout better as coaches. We have to handle a, uh, um, you know, I know everybody who sits on the sideline is like, make adjustments, make adjustments. You know, that's, you know, easier said than done. And there's, there's, there's only some, only a few adjustments you can make over the course of a free flowing game. Right. You, know, you can put some people in different spots. We can switch a matchup. We can change how we play two man games. We can, but that's not really what's going wrong. What's going wrong is, you know, how our guys are handling the moment. So, um, you know, from, from that capacity, if we're going to get better, I don't feel like pulling guys off the field and saying, hey, this is your fault is the right thing to do. I think the right thing to do is say, hey, we have confidence in you. You've earned it all the way up until this point in every practice, every scrimmage, every game to be the person on the field that can make the right play. So we need to dig in right now and do that. And if we don't, correct it over film, correct it next week. And then again, we as a coaching staff will put the guys that we believe play the most consistently on the field at the right times. Is that always a perfect answer? No. But I think, uh, you know, behaving dramatically in that scenario and, and you know, making a whole group of guys feel like crap is, is not the right way to build towards the end of the season. One of the things I noticed strategically, for a lot of the game, you were not dropping any defensive players down below the goal line. You were waiting for them to make their move. Was was that by design, and, and how is that dictated when you do that? And then later in the game, you started dropping guys down again. 
Oh, yeah. Well, that's an adjustment. You know, I think we we had a plan to start this game. Lee, if you watch uh, Lehigh film and know who they are from a coaching standpoint, they put the ball behind the goal with short sticks all the time. And uh, they run a lot of, a lot of big little play. And um, that short-sided stuff, they're very good at. They're very good at setting picks in very difficult spots to uh, to double, to get through, to um, – to all these things. I mean, we have various ways that we play picks and we want to stay very versatile in that. And we have various ways and versatility in how we play the ball behind the goal. You know, I think the most difficult thing to do defensively, Ted, is um, figure out how to play with short sticks behind the goal defensively and how to support them. You know, that's the, uh, where are we sliding from? Where are we doubling from? It's the hardest thing on your goalie from to play from back to front. And that's why every team does it. Every team will put the ball behind the goal in a big little scenario and see how they do. So that uh, the initial one um, staying above that goal is, um, is something we thought they'd struggle with. And, and they did. You know, we figured they'd just play a hung scenario. They'd get everybody to start moving around. And we said, okay, well, how many goals are we really going to give up with guys just running around like crazy in front of the goal? You know, we we believe wholeheartedly that you can't score from behind the goal with the ball on your stick. It needs to come in front of the goal. So, um, and then we switched to uh, – um, that, that that different method where we went back there to apply a little bit more pressure. And and uh, the reverse of that is we lose a lead. We're down a couple goals. We don't want to give up a stupid, uh, you know, or fluke scenario where they just chuck the ball inside and the guy makes a play. So we want to make them earn more from an on-ball standpoint. So um, long-winded way of saying it was a game plan to kind of take them out of a groove. And, um, you know, we made that adjustment just uh, just to get our guys moving a little bit more and put a little bit of pressure behind the goal. The man down unit's been struggling a little bit. You've been using a different group of long poles on that unit and, and resting the regular guys. Any changes personnel or strategically on man down? Uh, yes. And, and uh, we also got to follow less, Ted. You know, I think the, the officiating, in my opinion, uh, has been – very ticky tack, um, you know, calling everything. So we're trying to coach our guys to be a physical group, and um, and you know, and I think that we are. You know, I talked to the, the the Lehigh coach, and he talked about how physical that game was, how banged up his guys were, and and you know how sore they were the next day and the day after. And and we make a we make a point of that. You know, we do. There there are some guys that are better finesse players than others, but. We want to be a physical team. Unfortunately, it's just hard right now. I think everything's being called. And so, I mean, we're, you know, and, and got a great face-off guy in Adam Shea and a great face-off guy in Sisselberger, and there's nine procedure penalties at the face-off X. It's like, okay, so we're trying to coach week to week in terms of staying out of that box. Man down's hard, Ted. You know, if if I were to be honest with you, Man down is a difficult thing to do. No matter what man up you're playing, they have an advantage. You know, you can look at it as a six on six with your goalie in the goal and yada, yada. But, um, you know, man down's getting harder and harder as offenses are just getting better and better. And, and you know, with composed groups like Lehigh and even groups like Canisius, you know, guys that can stretch you and, and this and that. If you go down seven times, you know, and um, and you're giving up three goals there, uh, it's it's not the worst performance that you can imagine now if we can stay out of the box if we can go down three times and give up zero goals four times give up one now we're talking about a balance that makes sense um but if we're putting a group in there seven different times eight different times and telling them to get eight stops 
we're crazy, you know. And we've done that before. We did it up in Bryant last year, or two years ago, that COVID year, where they called 12 penalties on us. We had 12 man downs. And, I mean, that's just – I think yeah. that's on the black and whites as well. Like, you got to you gotta keep the flow of the game going a little bit here. So, um we're making adjustments as we always do. We're not going to, you know, continue along a path where we're unsuccessful. That's doesn't make any sense. We're that, that wouldn't mean we're bad coaches, but but we are trusting our guys to continue to get better as the season goes on. So, Coach Fish is doing a great job. We we recognize that we need to play better there, but we also recognize that we just also have to foul less. It seems to me. I want to go back to the faceoffs for a moment, and it's not to make excuses, but we were saying during the game. It seems to me the officials sometimes make those guys stay in that crouch for an awful long time rather than just get them down and blow the whistle. I mean, hockey, for an example, they don't dub around. Once the guys are ready, they drop the puck. I mean, it just seemed like there were a lot of times in that game we're waiting four, five, six seconds before the whistle blows, and and everybody gets twitchy and someone jumps. Oh yeah, and and. Some of them, they're not even jumping, Ted, you know? Yeah, there was one. I had no idea what they were calling. Yeah, that happened on five of them, you know? There isn't a guy on the planet that knows the face-off rules better than Adam Shea. It's annoying. You know, he'll come to the side and say, that's not the right call, da-da-da, we got to calm him down. And, you know, every day in practice, he's this is how you got to do it. This is what the rule book says. And Shea is brilliant, smart, and um, he studies like crazy. And so, I mean, he's coming off the field and going, that's coach, I'm telling you, I know I'm not supposed to complain and get the next play, but that's not the rule. He's not calling the rule right. So we're asking the ref and yada, yada, yada. So the biggest, the longest, uh, longest uh, answer I can give is that it's hard to coach if you don't know how the refs are going to officiate that. And it's, it's so week to week. And that's why you mentioned hockey. I'm, I'm such a fan of I mean, let's drop the puck and let them play, man. Let's take that decision-making out of the officials' hands. It's already such a difficult game to officiate. Yeah. There's so many rules. There's so many challenging things to call. There's so much ref discretion that not, not only do they need to explain in-game, but that changes week to week. That That's the hard thing to coach is that when you go, you, walk, you break down a film and you're like, okay, well, here's how the refs call this play. There are some that are specific. You can't do this, right? You can't get beat underneath and pushed into the crease, yada, yada, yada. You can't slash in the head. You can't hit someone from behind. Those are easy. But, you know, when you're talking about a face-off mechanic and the whistle changes every week, the timing of the whistle changes every week, and then also the positioning of the refs and the new emphasis on this rule, it's just going to take us a month to, to get used to it. It's going to take maybe even longer, you know, so, and it's going to keep going that way early season if they keep changing these rules over and over and over and over again. So um, it's, it's tough, man. It's tough on the faceoff guys. They have so much pride in what they do. And, and, you know, I connected with the Lehigh staff who I respect completely. And we talked about the officiating. What do you think? And I just got a feeling that every early season, we feel like this, we feel like the refs are getting their feet wet. They're learning the, the the new system, the nuances, the the emphasis that they have year to year, and we're just going to have to roll with the punches and continue to coach our guys as best we can week to week on how to do it right. Let's talk about the injury situation. Uh, a big absence uh, last week was Anthony Tatella's seven goals to lead the country in week one, and then he wasn't there. How is he doing, and, and what else do we know? Uh, he's doing well. He's doing well. It, it's uh, it's nothing nothing season-ending. You, know, uh, you know, with Anthony – it's 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 always tough to read just because he has such great you know physical toughness he, he he powers through so many things and at the same time 
if you watch the way he plays, I, I mean, he's it is a constant sprint. Uh, every play, all I mean, that's why he's so successful. He plays so hard. So um, we just want to do the right thing to make sure he's playing all season. Ted, he he feels pretty good. You know, we we got a we got a good gut feeling that we're going to see a bunch of them uh, this Saturday and beyond. So um, it'd be good to have him back on the field. And uh, you also, you know, try we're working hard to get Jackson Galliani back and and uh, you know make sure Johnny Hurley he's all the way healthy. And again, some early season stuff that. You know, as we go through these bumps and bruises, we're going to find ways to to learn how to win together. But um, it looks like a lot of team, every team across the country, you see you get guys out of a lineup, guys in, you know, missing a game, doing that, blah, blah, blah. We just got to make sure we're continuing to get better with whoever's on the field so that when we are at full strength, as time goes on here, we're playing uh, much better lacrosse towards the end. You've played two games so far. In a couple of weeks from now, we'll be to the halfway point of the season almost. Four games in 11 days. Do you necessarily look at that differently in terms of depth? Are you going to have to rest some guys and go a little deeper during the stretch than you might otherwise? Uh, I think so. You know, uh, you know, one one thing that makes it challenging, Ted, is, you know, when, when you play at Colgate and it's eight degrees out, um, it's really hard to play people off the bench. It is. It's, you know, they, they, uh, and we want to, you know, how we do things here. We have, you know, a very deep roster, a lot of guys that we trust. And, and, you know, we play specialty positions in terms of man up and man down. And it, that, that makes it hard. It makes it hard to play a lot of people because you're putting them at risk. You just are. You're, if they stand on the sideline for, you know, eight, nine, 10 minutes, and then they got to go in and play one possession, um, one, how well are they going to play? And two, um, is 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 it safe? Honestly, so you know we have a lot of things that we're talking about and how to make sure that throughout these games, um, specifically Saturday, uh, that we're staying warm, we're staying fresh on the sideline, balls are staying in sticks, our hands are staying warm, and we're ready to go, um, all that good stuff. So um, we do uh, anticipate playing more. You know, as John Jude gets back in the mix here, and and again we'll get you know Nate Greenberg back, and, and a couple of the, the the horse positions that you know we again some guys have been out that that give us good depth. We want them on the field anyway. You know, it's not it's not so much that we have a a four game stint in a two week process. We we did that by design. That's how. Uh, that's how the Atlantic 10 tournament is going to work. You're going to have to play uh, multiple games in a scenario where you may not be ready to play that second one. So um, we're, 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 we're scheduling this for a reason, but we think that um, we want to play this depth no matter what. And so, um, you know, we're going to uh, weigh the weather, weigh the balance on, on, on what's best for our team. But, but yes, we want, we want to get more guys off the bench on the field so that one, they can gain gain experience again uh, towards playing great lacrosse towards the end, and and also that um, you know we're we're good through this four game stretch as well. Tell us about Colgate because of uh, one instance weather and one instance COVID. You've only played them three times in the last five years. Uh, they've been down a bit. Last year's or actually the last matchup, which was twenty twenty, was a high scoring game. But the the matchups with them kind of tend to be ten eight, twelve eleven, that kind of thing. Yeah, I think it's more in that realm, you know. And again, if you it's going to be hard to, um, I think, play at a at a uh, 
an alarming rate from a speed standpoint. Um, if it is, if it is pretty cold and it's snowy and, and yada yada, we're of course going to going to do our best to make sure we dictate the pace. But they they're a very veteran team defensively. I think they've they've kind of moved strength when they lose the Griffin Brown and the Minicus kid goes to Georgetown, who was, I mean, a terrific player, um, you know, and they're still uh, very balanced and good offensively, but I think they, uh, they, they've, they've shown the ability to win some games with their defense. You know, if you look at what they did in the Patriot league a year ago, very rarely are people scoring more than 10 goals on this team. And, um, and that's a testament to their coaching staff. And they got a couple guys um, on their roster. Um, the senior veterans that uh, have shown great leadership quality and, um, you know, great ability to play defense throughout a long period of time, specifically the, uh, you know, the gay heart kid, number 77 and, and Michael Leah kid from Ridgewood, New Jersey. We've just, we have a ton of respect for those two players um, and and what they're capable of. So, and they're great in the goal as well. An unorthodox goalie and an upstate guy um, from Fayetteville Manlius. So we believe that, that's the type of game they want. Uh, they want a game where their defense can get comfortable, their defense can win their matchups, and we don't they don't have to slide too much. So we've got to do a good job, you know, making sure that we, we maintain confidence in our hands, our pass counts up, that we're playing a pace that we like despite the weather, because we know where they're pretty good and and um it's in that half field set and it's running end to end with those defensive personnel. I've been asked by a couple of people to ask you this. Uh, the following game is the Tuesday game with Cornell. Do we have any feeling yet about Boz versus Pool Family Dome for Tuesday? <laughs> who's 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 telling you to ask ask me? <laughs> you got any names? <laughs> well, David Gage for one, my color analyst. Hey, I got gotcha. you. I just don't want you getting calls from random people saying, "Hey, Ted, next podcast has Coach Raymond." Da, 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 da. <laughs> um, so. Uh, uh, yeah, we don't know yet. You know, I think um, we want the game outside for sure. We think we can get, you know, a great fan base there. And, you know, Hobart Cornell, um, we're pretty excited about playing on the Boz and and, and hosting on that um, that great tradition facility. So, um, but at the same time, it's supposed to be, you know, 20 degrees. Yeah. The game starts at 5 p.m. And, you know, snow and sleet and all that stuff. So we're going to do what's best. Um, you know, we'll we'll talk to the coaching staff. I think they're focused on Lehigh. We're focused on Colgate right now. And we'll kind of cross that bridge on Saturday evening when it comes. All right. We'll find a whole lot out about this team over the next 11 days. Uh, Coach Greg Raymond of the Statesman, you can find this podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you go to get podcasts. And, of course, for all your athletics information, uh, including your chance to give to these programs, uh, go to hwsathletics.com. And until Saturday and Tuesday and Saturday and Tuesday again, have a great lacrosse week. <laughs>